Here's the situation. You are named administrator of all professional credentials. For instance, I'm a lawyer. To be a lawyer, I had to go to school, and then I had to pass a test called the bar exam. Give me one profession where you currently don't have to go to a special school or take a special test, but you as administrator say, from now on you do. I'm TJ Jagodowski. I'm Rush Howell. And this is Here's the Situation, a real podcast about hypothetical situations. And this week's theme is bars none. Bars none. Yes. And none like N-U-N, the the sister. That's right. And uh, so my initial one there had to do with the bar exam, Uh which loosely tied it to bars. And Rush, uh, uh, we'll start off with one uh, about about a subject that you like, which is a bar as a drinking establishment, okay. a watering hole, a pub. Here's the situation. Rush, good news. You make it to heaven. Oh, oh thank goodness. Isn't that nice? That's great to hear. Thank you, TJ. So the mayor of your heaven neighborhood walks over, walks over to you upon your arrival and says, Rush, uh... We got a nice setup for you. We got a uh, we got a nice little nice little house for you. Okay. Um, in a in a fun neighborhood, I think you'll enjoy. It. I have a little house in heaven. Come uh, on, yeah. Come on now. Well, okay. I'd like a big house. Mm. All right, it's bigger. <laughs> I'm kidding. I no, mean, I'm, it's... I'm fine with the little house. I'm glad to be in heaven. Thank you. Sorry, sorry to immediately cause trouble. <laughs> right, because we could turn this around. No, no. <laughs> uh, and she says, uh, but the one thing we we don't have completed right now, and as long as you're here, we'll get your input on it. Is your neighborhood bar. Okay. So this will be the one within walking distance for you. This will be the, the easiest one to access uh, for you. And first of all, Rush, I have, um, well, I have some different categories I'd like to ask you about to get your input because then right. we'll, we'll have this thing up uh, basically uh, by the conclusion of our discussion here. Oh, um, I'm, I'm excited. What kind of bar do you want it to be, Rush? Uh, I'd like it to be a, a kind of a cross between like a, a dive bar and a sports bar. Okay, cool. Um, can you describe so a dive bar with some TVs so I can watch games? Great, and that's one of the other the the questions we have is like the the media media entertainment game sort of setup. Um, if uh, like do, you, do we want twenty screens? We want five. Do you want pool tables? Do you want what what kind of other amusement and and media do you want at this joint? Uh, I'd like to have a shuffleboard okay. game. I'd like to have uh, some dartboards. Uh, I guess I'd like to have a pool table. Okay. I'd like to have uh, 10 screens, I guess. Okay. I, I want three screens uh, above the bar so that it, on uh, occasions where there are multiple games going, uh, me and the other folks that come to my bar or the bar in my neighborhood, it's yep. not my bar, uh, but that, that come to it will be able to choose which one they want to watch. But I don't want the place like inundated with TVs, so maybe it's maybe there's... Uh, six to eight total TVs. Great. Give me a give me a sense of the of the decor. Are we talking wood and brass rails, or uh, you know what kind of what's what's the feel of this joint decor wise when we walk in? Yeah, I think it's wood certainly. Um, I think it's uh, I I I'd love it to be uh, you know, interesting, high quality crafts work by by one you know, one person who really gets into like an overall woodworking aesthetic, like an excellent chainsaw, uh, sculptor, I, it, whatever, just, you, you know, lots of beavers and bears cut out a single piece. Like of I timber. don't want it to be the, uh, the brown wood that borders on orange and is like lacquered. Okay. I don't want that. I want, uh, a more traditional, like, I don't know the, I don't know what maple is and oak is and all sure. this stuff. They're woods. Those are all, those are both woods. I'm, I'm yeah. aware, but I don't know. 
you know, which is the wood that I'm looking for mm-hmm. in terms of color. But I don't want it to be the like, uh, is it cedar that's like the really light uh, closer to the whiter wood? I don't want that. I want the dark. I want a darker color wood, um, and I, I want it to be like mahogany. We'll get okay. you a nice mahogany. I, maybe I, I'm not sure, yeah. but something like that. I want there to be like a nice. Uh, a long bar and a little kitchen in the back. Okay. But maybe we'll get to that. That is one thing we, what, what, what kind of food situation are you looking for? Kind of classic bar apps or a place you could also have a, have a meal at, you know, like get a, get a, a rustic pot pie or yeah. what, what are you thinking? So I want it to be known for its pizzas. Okay. okay. So it's got a, a thin crust, thin crust, uh, crispy pizza that they fire out and they can, they can do in whatever size you want. And it's kind of known for that. But then I want there to be uh, a one-page menu with um, a pretty good variety of, uh, you know, meats and cheeses and uh, a really good salad. And uh, I want it to be like an eclectic mix. Uh, But, you know, think about like a Minnesota supper club type (laughs) of uh, menu, something in that neighborhood. Then I know the wood. Okay. I know the wood Good. you're looking Thank for. You. Um, what else did I have? Oh, uh, are we gonna have live entertainment anytime. Live entertainment. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I don't want live entertainment more than one night a week. Okay. And then lastly, give me. And it's a band, but I, I, you know, I don't want maybe maybe two nights a week. There can be bands that come. Uh, We've got a Journey cover band that. Uh, oh works well, around okay. The neighborhood. Five nights a week. Okay. I would like this Journey cover band. <laughs> But I, you know, maybe maybe kind of a a fun like more, uh, you know, on like a Tuesdays and Thursday I, I, on the big sports nights. Sure, I, I want the focus to be you know just laid back. We'll have them here starting Sunday at noon. And- <laughs> no, do not do that. Um, I hadn't thought about this until just now. But what 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 do you can say max capacity of of this kind of place would would be? Probably 80 folks. Okay. And then um, lastly, from my checklist is, give me a sense of the staff. What do you want for, out of like an ideal barkeep? Um, you know, you, we got uh, wait staff and that kind of stuff, or do you kind of yeah, take love, your order I, up to the bar? I, I think um, I'd love there to be a, a bartender who's just, uh, you know, enjoy, enjoys the atmosphere of the bar. So not somebody who's like, oh, you got me in this bar with sports. I hate <laughs> sports, but who who really is just like a crafts person for for drinking and serving and is a good conversationalist. OK, that's what I want. They they're not going to have to do other roles and so forth. Then I want, um, you know, are you picturing a fella your age or are you do you like like an old barkeep? Do you like a like a lady who's seen part of, you know, seen some of the world or. I'm thinking probably uh, somebody that's older um, than I am right now. Uh, just you know, I, I want it to be as far away from the the like the muscle bound guy that can pour like six, uh, <laughs> you know, puts like six. Uh, no flair. You don't you want, know, any I don't flair want any flair from flair Okay, gotcha. Uh, Although, you know, on the one night where the Journey cover band is there, you can bring in, like, the flair bartender guy. <laughs> in heaven, we have very few flair bartenders. <laughs> be- they just don't make it, it here. Yeah, I believe it. But, you know, they're, they're allowed. Uh, and then, um, y- you know, I, I think I think it could be fairly leanly staffed in terms of... But I do... I, I would like there to be table service, but also... Uh, I'm no one in here should be like griping if the if the table service doesn't get to them quick enough. It's not that kind of place, right? It's, Great. You kind of get to take your time, and then 
I want the uh, the kitchen staff to uh, to feel free to like uh, you know come out and uh, I, I want them all to be people that like to drink and everybody's gonna kind of enjoy uh, hanging out because on certain nights I'm probably gonna be here with just me or a few other people and so I'm gonna want to make some friends with these folks since uh, you're this is apparently everybody gets a bar in heaven, so because I'm getting one I'm a little worried that I'm not gonna be able to fill it too often the uh, that's great. Great. It's done. We have it. It's there. You can have one. You can have a pop on your way to your house now nice. if you want All to. Right. There was a, in the old days around, I think it was uh, the, maybe even the pre-Fenway days or early days of Fenway, the bar where all the, uh, the rooters ended up, uh, uh, going where, uh, this guy named, uh, McGreevy, enough said McGreevy, um, tended tended the the rail it was called third base oh okay because it was your last stop before home yeah nice that's good. a nice i thought it was, that's a nice that's a nice that's, good. that's not, a nice not, bar name not because there was a lot of oral sex <laughs> is that home. what that is i thought so man I, I gotta get there someday i think that's what third base is. i gotta get there uh all right okay tj uh this is gonna be a listener uh suggested all right uh i'm i'm gonna paraphrase it a bit but i think mostly i'm keeping the heart of it i think um and this is from listener Zach Hathaway. Okay. Who has submitted uh, this one, which you can do by going to here's the situation podcast at gmail.com yeah. and emailing us uh, any situation. And uh, frankly, we get we get a lot of them, which is great. Yeah. And, and frankly, we, we don't even have time to use all the good ones. But sometimes when we see one that we really like, we, uh, we pull it on here. So I enjoyed this one from Zach. Here's the situation. Okay. You have the ability to time travel. Through a special device. That mm. special device is a six-shooter Western-style gun. Okay. Right? An old six-shooter. And what you get to do is you get to load in any six historical time periods mm. into the chambers. Okay. And then it's you're going to spin it and fire it. Okay. Now, wh- whichever one that ends up firing, you get to go there for a month. You have plenty of currency. You have proper attire provided for you. It's like you're Jason Bourne, right? And you find your okay. your little lock, gotcha. your trunk, <laughs> and you have everything you need. Um, so uh, I'm going to want you to pick your six time periods. But then here's the catch. Uh, one of the six, Uh-oh. when you fire it, there's a little Russian roulette oh, no. uh, aspect to it, too. And on one of the six, um, you're stuck there forever. Okay. <laughs> okay. So he asked a question that I think is maybe a little too easy for me to guess your answer, which is before you even load it with six, are you willing to fire the gun with a one in six chance that you're going to be stuck in that <laughs> no, place? No, I'm not there? falling. Right. Me neither. <laughs> me neither. Right. So now, now I'm going to add my own twist to it because <laughs> okay. I knew you'd just say no. Because I would say no. I think no. anybody would probably say no. But now the eccentric billionaire is making me do this. He's back. <laughs> You can't just jam him into Zach Hathaway. I can, I can too. <laughs> he's I got no too. place here. No, Zach Hathaway didn't do this. I did this. The eccentric billionaire is like, he's going to make you play. Okay, but the difference now is instead of a random six-shooter, you get to load them in whatever order you want, and you're going to shoot each one of those, understanding that there's a one-in-six chance that you're going to be uh, stuck in in whichever one you, you – uh, in whichever one you – Okay. All right. Um, 
So here here are my here are my decades. I'm staying I'm staying fairly close to home here. Okay. I don't I don't want to go back to before like I don't know. I don't want to deal with a bunch of disease and and who knows where the frick food comes from and all all that okay. stuff. So I'm going the 1910s, okay. 1920s, and then the 40s, 50s, 60s and 70s. Okay. 10s, 20s, 40s, 60s. I'm just skipping 70s. the 30s. Okay. All right. You got, and and where? Where are you going? Because you got to pick your US. Oh, the U.S. every yeah. time. Yep. Yeah. You're not going to go to like Poland in the nah, 40s. I'm not going to try. That's no. maybe not the greatest. I'm not right France <laughs> in the 40s. I, can, I would, the 40s is uh, yuck. <laughs> I mean, the entire world is engulfed in the greatest. Do you get your own gun? You get your own gun for this? Do I? Do you get your own gun? No, I don't get one. No. Okay. All right. I mean, the war ends in 42, right? No. <laughs> When's the war end? 42 to 46? 42 to 45? It's 39 to 45. The U.S. involvement is 41 to 45. Well, hmm. I mean, you you got drafted. You, you fired yourself back there for a well, month. You spent the whole time avoiding If I get there, yeah, who knows? I'd make it out anyway. I might be there for... It might be there That's for, true. For, so which one, which one of you are loading up first, understanding that uh, you, may, you may be stuck, right? This would be the highest chance that I'd be stuck. Well, it's just the first one you're pulling, so you're obviously least likely to get stuck in the sixth one because you're, you got a chance that you stuck in each of the previous five. I would just go in direct backwards order. Got it. So seventies, sixties, fifties, forties, twenties, and tens. Yeah. Okay. And all in the U S. Yeah. If you were forced to throw in sometime in, uh, in, in a different country, what are you going with? Ireland. Um, eh, give me the, like the 1960s in Ireland. I was hoping you were just gonna land like right on the potato right on famine. famine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Give me the. I too like the to live. 40s dangerous. in the U.S. And then I would like, uh, you know, give me the 1770s in France. Yeah, when was the Russian Revolution? Yeah, give me, oh, that sounds right. Give me the right. 1910s in Russia. <laughs> I want to be. I want to be in the mix. You know what I mean. I want to see this. I want to see it go oh, down. Man, I'm just picking Crusades times, and I'm <laughs> oh, going to be 1066. <laughs> I want to be there for the Magna Carta. Uh, Drop me at the Battle of Hastings. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. So you're basically like I'm averse to the to the past. I'm a, yeah. Generally speaking, so why not? Why not go with the 90s or the 80s or whatever? I don't know. They like. I I've I lived them and I rem- yeah. and I remember them. So if I if I get stuck in some place, then I'd rather be in some place I haven't I haven't already been before. By the eighties, I feel like I kind of had a decent lay of the land. Nineties were fine, but there's nothing so wonderful that I'd like want to go back there and get I think and get I'd caught. Enjoy a month. I mean, look, I don't want to get caught in the. Neither of us is going to fire the damn gun if <laughs> if we have, if we have a, a choice not to. But uh, I w- I would. If if there were if there was not this caveat that you gotta you might get stuck yeah. for sure I'm willing to spend six months exploring other uh, other decades and or other time period you don't have to pick a whole decade you yeah. can pick a specific year but you know I, I think it would be fun to go to uh, France in 1998 during the I think it was 98 it could be could be wrong but when they won the World Cup mm-hmm. and go there for a month with plenty of means I mean what an awesome thing to do is like. Travel. I've always wanted to go to a World Cup, and I've been very frustrated that in in the for the most part in the days where I could go to the World Cup, uh, it, it's not been in a location that I was interested mm-hmm. in going to. So that's like a dream of mine. Uh, that's a bucket list thing for sure. Is to do like 
two to three weeks in a country that's having the World Cup. And if I could go back and and do the the one, even though I already know how it turns out, <laughs> to do it in France when they won on their home turf would have been awesome. Yeah, I'd, I'd skip this one in Cutter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was so <laughs> mad about that. And, you know, like they, they were like, it, this this wasn't how it came down at all, but but the initially people, especially Americans, I guess, thought that it was going to be between America on the one hand, which you know we we got the future one coming, or Spain and Portugal together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, either of those is a plus plus yeah. plus. Like I would love to go. I've never been to Portugal, and I've spent not as much time as I'd like in Spain. Barcelona's I loved going there. But that would be amazing to spend three weeks there. And instead, it was like Russia and then Qatar. <laughs> you know? Oh, great. And if they're talking about like, hey, maybe we'll just shorten the halves. Like, this sport's been around for centuries, right. played in like in, in every climate around. And you put right. it in a place where you're going to have to change the time of the halves. Like, right. what is happening, man? And I love they're like, we're doing a corruption inquiry into <laughs> FIFA. I'm like, it begins and ends <laughs> right, with man. they awarded a World Cup to Qatar. <laughs> Okay, you you need not. That's Exhibit A, and you don't need an Exhibit B, guys. There's obviously corruption. All right, Rush. All right, thank you, Zach Hathaway. Thank you, Zach. Here's the situation. Yes, I'm going to give good. you four professions, Rush, oh, that are stereotypically not always thought highly of. Oh, great! I hope lawyers win. Cool. It's not. I left oh. it off because I didn't want it to be Defend too close. Me. I'm going to okay. hand you this piece of paper in which I wrote the four. Oh. They should be nuns, yes, Congress members, yeah, mimes, right, Wall Street, uh, Wall Street bankers, right on. Okay, and so I'd like you to place them in order based on a couple of different questions I have. For you got you. it, cool. Um, so those groups rush are nuns, Congress members, mimes, Wall Street bankers, and you're going to place them yes. in order based on a couple of different questions. Okay, these are for. You chose. I did not choose Correct. to say that these four are not well thought of. I, that is true. Okay. That is true. So here's the first situation within this situation. Excellent. Um, you're going to be on a bus trip Ooh, of at we're least doing 14. Russian nesting doll situations. <laughs> I love it. Situation within a situation. 14 hour bus trip loaded with these groups. Yeah. Which order would you least likely want to be in and then most, um, uh, from least to most? Great. Um, the last people I want for my 14-hour bus trip yep. are members of Congress. Okay. Uh, the next to bottom would be uh, nuns. Yep. <laughs> the uh, second to best would be Wall Street bankers, and like far and away the best are the mimes. Easy, right? Easy, easy. easy question. <laughs> Thank you, mimes. Like They're going to be nice and quiet, and I hope they're not miming. You know? I feel like mime is a profession you know, where... You're probably on a lot of the time. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> these guys have if, no off cause, button because you love miming. You're not gonna like slow down the miming just because you're on a bus trip. You're probably, but you know, like there's gonna be a lot of like he's acting like there's a bathroom door when there isn't. You know, he's also know. driving the bus. Not only do these guys, not only do these guys have no off button, they'll do a five minute routine about trying to find their off button. Yeah, you know. Yeah, all right. I, I think the Wall Street bankers, um, they're probably gonna bring some alcohol. Yeah, and I'm not going to hate that. Even though, is there a bathroom on the bus or not? Yep. Okay, then then they're number two. Yeah, okay, um, and they are number two. Yeah. Um, Rush, who's done the most harm? Who who among these who've done yep. the most harm? Most to least, who's done the most harm? Oh God. Um, I mean, I hate to be so positive <laughs> on mimes, but they've done the least harm to mimes. Have. Okay. Um. 
I'm gonna go the same order. Okay. Mimes have done the least. <laughs> Wall Street bankers second least. <laughs> Nuns. Nuns third, okay. and then members of Congress fourth. All right. Who um, of these uh, put these in order? Rush. Yep. Who would we notice least if tomorrow all the people currently doing that job were replaced with randomly selected people? Okay. So you're like, which which of these professions has the least replacement <laughs> er, value, or, or like has the the lowest delta between the current people and the yeah. re, and just a straight people just selected at random out of a phone book, and now they're all nuns, or they're all Congress members, they're all mimes, they're all bankers. Oh. So who would we lo- notice the least, and then who would we notice the most? You're really gonna you're really gonna make me display some cynicism here. <laughs> I think we would notice the most with nuns. I think if you replaced nuns with random people off the street, there would be a, v- a vast uh, understand. I mean, just they they wouldn't know what's going on. They wouldn't okay. know the rules, and there'd be like I think people would be like I mean the people people take their religion very very seriously, and they would say, uh, uh-uh. sister, yeah. Sister Catherine, don't know. Yeah, this 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 nun is not like the others. You know what I mean? And then they'd I be mentioned like, Mary All Magdalene, these nuns. and she said she couldn't place the name. Right, and they just be, and like it would be because you're picking random people, so it'd yeah. be like a few dudes in there too. <laughs> and we would be like, I don't get it with this male nun situation. I don't like it. And then there'd be like an interesting battle about you know progressively is it is it inappropriate that we don't have male nuns? I don't know that we don't, mm-hmm. but I think that we don't. Uh, I think we're gonna notice that. Oof. Um, I, I, I'm <laughs> mimes, Wall Street bankers, and congressmen, yeah. and you. Oof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why? Well, I, I mean, uh, the least is gonna be the mimes. Okay. I mean, who notices the mimes anyway? Uh, well, you know, some. I got to tell you, so far I'm pretty positive on the <laughs> You mimes. are. Who would have thought? But we're we're going to care the least about the mimes getting swapped out. Okay. I, I just think, I hate, I mean, uh, so then after nuns, uh, I, I, I'm going to say bankers. Okay. I mean, I, I know that bankers have a, a terrible reputation, but I think that um, a lot of them are very, very smart. Uh, and I think that, I, I mean, you're walking into a bunch of like issues here. Like one of, one of them is, I think that, I think that economics are very, very difficult. I mean, I, I think there's like a bunch of, th- there are a bunch of rules and, and so forth and so on. There's a bunch of like microeconomics that I think are, uh, probably pretty predictable and so forth. And, and I think there are ways to, uh, you know, game systems and come up with, with, especially if you, if you're engaging in arbitrage and things like that, that are actually ways to, to make money. But I think, I think for the most part, economies are unpredictable. I think we are, uh, again, uh, Nassim Taleb is a guy that I love his books, uh, fooled by randomness, black swan are both books. I like a lot. I think that people, are uh are are constantly falsely correlating eco- oh, general economic trends with specific things that happen. It drives me crazy when people are like on oil news the stock prices went up 340 today or mm-hmm. then they're like on oil news stocks uh stayed steady because and I'm like, "Well, what does it really mean? You don't know what caused it for sure." Like mm-hmm. sometimes you do. Like when the housing crisis occurs, you you understand why 
things are blowing up. But I, I think there's just a a total false sense of uh, understanding of what's going on with macroeconomic trends. And obviously, a lot of people think I'm dead wrong on that. But that's that's what I think. And so I do think that, um, uh, you know, both both in, in that sense, you know, and in the sense that, um, you know, a lot of these major trades and so forth that are going on in the Wall Street banks, even though, of course, the public perception is that, you know, they're all like impacting the overall economy and, and, and you know, what it what was the old thing, Wall Street versus uh, Main Street, you know, and then it's it's impacting everybody on Main Street. I think a lot of what the trades are and so forth that are going on, if you swapped them out, like it would have a heavy impact on certain of the uh, trading houses and so forth, but it wouldn't be felt, it wouldn't ripple through as much as uh, most people think that it would. But maybe, I, you know, maybe I'm wrong on that, but that's, that's why I think um, they would be, Less than the nuns. Okay. But more than the members of Congress. Yeah. Well, I mean, my thing on Congress is like, I don't know. I feel like part of the part of the benefits of the checks and balances system is it's really hard to get anything done. <laughs> and some, you know, sometimes you, you hate that and sometimes you like it. You know, right now, if you if you hate, you know, Trump, then I think it's like pretty good that we don't have a Republican <laughs> Congress and a Republican House that can make a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff happen. And you know, I think um, I, I I think most people would agree with this statement, but maybe not that that what the other side can do unchecked is more harmful than what your side can do uh, unchecked would be helpful. Gotcha. So I think that. Maybe not, though. Mo- maybe most people would disagree with me and say, no, no, no. What we want is we want a system where there can be radical change uh, based on the elections. But I feel like, you know, historically that just hasn't been the case, right? So there's always like this, oh, my God, if you elect so-and-so, this is going to happen. And I'm like, I don't, I just, I don't, I don't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if you, and by the way, if you, and if, if there's enough of these, I have a very low opinion. <laughs> <laughs> of a lot of members of Congress, and if you swapped out a bunch of random people, I, I think it might improve. Okay, I mean there there are I, I won't name the names, but there there's some obvious ones who swapping them out would be like a huge benefit uh, for us. But I think there are uh, only a few that are really kind of the puppet masters. So sw- swapping out them. a bunch of the others, and then um, and then like I said, Mimes. I don't know. I don't care. I got one last one for you yep. from these professions: nuns, Congress people, Wall Street bankers, and mimes. Yeah, who's most likely and uh, going to least likely to know one great joke? Oh, uh, m- mimes are going to be least likely. Oh, uh, there it is. Yeah. There it is. You it, dropped them right to the bottom. I did. They don't. There's, they, there's they, the they, rebound. It's a different. It's a different form, you know, and they're not going to. They're not. These mimes are not. They're, you don't think they have no, funny non-mime buddies? You don't think they hang out with other other performers? Or I think they're. I think like if you're a mime, it's almost like being a monk. They don't know one great silent joke. I mean, look, they they, they can do some funny, you know, uh, pantomime performance art. But I'm I'm thinking about more like who's going to stand up and tell <laughs> a great, well crafted two to two and a half minute joke. All right. I hate to say it, but the, the best are going to be the members of Congress. Okay. Because like they're all polished um, in public speaking mm-hmm. and figuring out how to do this stuff. Now I here's say the real that, battle. Here's the real battle. Then Wall Street bankers and nuns. But if you think about members of Congress, like I'd rather like I'd rather eat a piece of metal than listen to Lindsey Graham <laughs> tell me a joke. I think. <laughs> but in any case, um, I think most of them probably have some good jokes. 
And then Wall Street bankers versus nuns. I, I feel like I feel like those nuns are secreting away okay, some yeah. pretty good jokes. Uh, and I think the Wall Street bankers. I think they're, you know, it's there's going to be like none of these strike me as like particularly high sense of humor groups. But I, I mean, I guess I'd say the bankers, then the nuns, then the members of Congress. I'm sorry, the members of Congress. Then the bankers, then the nuns, and the mimes. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Rush. Hey, there you go. (laughs) Let me ask you. All right, you got your nuns, you got your members of Congress, you got your mimes, you got your Wall Street bankers. Yeah. All right, list them from uh, top to bottom. Uh, Which one, uh, who who do you least want to play against, up to most want to play against in a high-stakes poker game? High stakes poker game. I do not want to play against uh, uh, Wall Street bankers. Yep. Um, I second most would not want to play against uh, nuns. Okay. Uh, and then I would most uh, then mimes, and I would most like to play against uh, members of Congress. Same order. Yeah. I have the same order. Yeah. Is that right? I did. Yeah. I, I think I, I the only two that are clear to me is I'd least like to play against the bankers and yeah. most like to play against the congressmen. Yeah, I hear you. All right, great. Nicely right. done. I really, uh, it really took it, took it out on the mimes there. <laughs> I started so nice on the mimes. Yeah, yeah. I think I think on the whole, I think you did by the mimes. <laughs> okay, all right. The teeter just gave a thumbs up in his own his own miming. <laughs> Okay. Um, now, that I, now that I know you like them so much, I, I might do might start doing some more of more of that. Yeah, we, I we used to really give mimes a hard time when I was a, like in junior high. That was unfair. Where'd you find them? No, like they would be in like books, you know. Oh, okay. And you'd see these mimes. Oh, no harm, no harm, no well, foul. Well, the thing was with this, there was this, there was these mimes. If I'm if I'm going to go tell the whole story, it was and they would wear very tight pants. These mimes, okay. and so you could there was nothing to the imagination with these mimes. And so we'd always be like, "This mime is smuggling plums." Uh, that's. I think that's. I don't think that's being too hard on them. Yeah, but I mean, it just didn't. you imagine the abuse they've taken in person. I think oh. you know, a mime in a book getting being called a plum <laughs> smuggler is probably going to be all right. All right. Uh, okay, TJ. Here's the situation. Okay. Uh, you visit a bar that's called Bar None. Okay. Uh, and the conceit is that there uh, are pictures on the wall and drinks named after people that are the best in their field, bar none. Oh, okay. So cool. no second place folks in here. All right. Okay. At the end, I'm going to ask you to tell me about their three signature drinks named after people that were simply the best ever in their respective fields. Okay. But first, I'm going to ask you some questions about the bar. Great. So when you walk into the bar, there's a little section, and I'm going to start kind of easy and we'll build to the harder ones. <laughs> But when you walk in, there's a little section devoted to sports. Oh, okay. Cool. And so there's pictures up on the wall. They got a picture of a hockey player. Who's that? Wayne Gretzky. They got a relief pitcher up there. Mm. Yeah. I, I'm not going to say his name. Okay. Dennis Eckersley. Okay. I'm not going to go with Mo. All right. And they got a golfer. Uh, the bear. Jack right. Nicholas is up there. And then up next to the bar, they have some photos of acting ensembles from TVs and movies. Okay. What TV show cast is up there that's the best, bar none? Cheers. What film cast? They've got a, a picture of a whole cast of a film, uh, you know, kneeling and looking at the uh-huh. camera. What's the film cast that's the greatest ensemble ever? JFK. R- the movie JFK? Yeah. Wow. 
Kevin Costner's in your uh, the lead in your greatest ensemble of Jack all time. Jack Lemmon and Ed Asner are uh, John Candy. Take a look at that cast. It's 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 either that or Silverado as far as the <laughs> most packed cast ever. What what about if it was? Um, uh, there's another one that's just pound for pound. So there's no there's no chaff. It's on average the strongest, you know, like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, or something like that. What uh, is the original sleuth. I think it's just two people. Okay. Yeah, that's I think right. Olivier and right is it Olivier? Yeah, and there's like that one woman Alice and Janney show is gonna win that. For, yeah, the for Patrick sure Stewart uh, night uh, Christmas Carol. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then there's a, a comedy troupe. What's the comedy troupe that's up there? Best ever, bar none, from a TV show or a uh, a movie or otherwise. I'm gonna say right now Python. Okay. Um, then you walk into an area and, and they're taking down a photo, Mm-mm. and they are they. On the ground, there's another photo with uh, uh, a little, uh, you know, a, uh, a cloth hanging over it. And you say, hey, what's up with this? And yeah. they say, oh, someone just got surpassed in their field. Whoa. So they used to be the best, but there's a new best in town. Just happened in the last few weeks. Who's that photo that's being taken down? And who's uh, the new one that's going up? Uh, just- uh, Nadia Comaneci is coming down. Simone Biles is going up. I love it. Okay. We're big Simone Biles fans here. <laughs> uh Okay, so now give me your three of their most famous drinks. Oh, okay, Named after right. people who are, the bar none, the greatest in their respective fields. All right. Um, and just the conceit is that to get onto a drink menu, not only you're really, you're the cream of the cream of the cream. Yeah. Right, so it's not just you the best in your field, but you're so much better than others. You are, you're viewed as unequivocally uh, not only the best that's ever been, but probably the best that will ever remain. Um, one of their first drink is uh, the the John Paul II, uh, John Paul II ice cubes. Okay, yeah, greatest pope. Yeah, without a doubt, best pope ever. <laughs> number one, number one with a with a with a bullet. Okay. Um, they have uh, a beverage called the uh, the Mighty Led Zepp. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, best uh, best rock group, best rock group ever. And um, oh, and then they have um, they have uh, they have a beverage called the Cotton Best Fabric, Best Fabric ever. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Right. No I one's love even a soft. No one's even t-shirt. a shirt. Yeah, cotton's nothing. Uh, what, what's second? Acrylic? Mm, I don't know. Velvet, silk. Um, I mean, you like wearing silk isn't great, but like, where are you gonna put like wool is nowhere near no, hate wool. cotton. Yeah, I hate wool, but I do enjoy polyester. I do enjoy like a Dacron, like, like a velvet uh, sweatsito or a uh, tracksuit. <laughs> what's velvet made of? Is what's a, is, is velvet its own thing, or is that just some kind of cotton that's just been like? Velveted. It, it comes when a diamond has sex <laughs> with an angel. <laughs> with an angel, it produces velvet. Uh, I like that rush. I, I reserve the right to change my answer. You ever then ask like, "Hey, what's your favorite? What's your favorite food or your favorite movie?" Like, "Hey, right now, yeah. I'm telling you, it's this." But ask me in four hours, I might, uh, I might think differently about, sure, of course. about this. Oh, and uh, and they have the Teddy Ball Game, greatest hitter ever. Um, I, I like that you said, uh, "Oh yeah." Uh, I don't know if I agree, but he, he certainly, yeah, Babe Ruth there. But for hitter, come on, yeah, four oh six, four oh six over a season. So what? Guys can't. The guys don't hit four oh six for a series. I mean, four oh six. Barry Bonds was six oh eight, uh, six oh nine on base for a year. So ba- Babe Ruth was that. real good when he was a, when he was a Red Sox, but after that, his Man. career just like 
barfed out. No. You know? I think the, Did he fight in a couple of wars in the middle and during his prime? I was unaware prime that that's too? like a key uh, credential to being <laughs> a yeah. great hitter. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. <laughs> no, I mean, when it's you, a fair argument. You can also hit Ted the Williams. enemy's planes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fair argument that Ted Williams could have maybe uh, achieved even more. You know, obviously he was he had some of his prime years taken away from you put him. 100, you could add 100, 100 dingers on there if you want to, you know? Yeah, still wouldn't be at Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth hit any, uh, did he, he hit any fighter jets? Yeah. Yeah? He, he hit knocked, some fighter he, jets? He hit a ball so far out of Yankee Stadium that it <gasps> took down a fighter jet. He, hit, like, he landed on a Titan. <laughs> he hit more bars than, than Teddy Ballgame hit, I can tell you that. Yeah. And he, it, he didn't miss one. Yeah, still impressive. Uh, all right, Rush. Um, hey, we'll do this. Uh, wait, we do this one? Yeah, we'll... <laughs> No, that one's too close to that one we just did, so I'm going to do this one. All right, Rush, here's here's the situation. Yep. It's 8.30 at night, and you're enjoying <laughs> yourself at a neighborhood pub's karaoke night. Oh, unlikely, but okay. I hear you. I hear you. But even more unlikely things are about to happen, Great. Rush. Uh, you've had one drink, <laughs> and you feel the muzzle of a pistol pushed against the uh, small of your back. Again? Yep. All right. And a voice whispers to you very quietly, I have a tranquilizer gun, and if you ask me to... I can pull the trigger, and you will wake up unharmed in five hours, wherever that may be. Okay. Cool. I'm not going to take you somewhere. I'm guessing you'll end up in a hospital. Um, Or you can do one of these things for the next five hours. Okay. Cool. One, you can hit on every man and woman in this place. All right. You can sing every third karaoke song, which will be selected at random. Okay. You can work the bar as a bartender, including using that one-touch machine cash register system over there, which I'm guessing you're not familiar with. Okay. Or you can stand in the bathroom, and every time someone walks in, you can say, hey, boss, how good are the beasties, and put your hand out for a low five. (laughs) Okay. All right? Or, Or I can pull this trigger. All right, and it's a, it's a tranquilizer gun. Trank gun, yeah. Okay. It'll be out for five hours. You'll probably wake up in the hospital. All right. So, uh, <laughs> all right. So, first of all, uh, the I'm only there's only one I'm choosing, but I am choosing one above the trank. Trank would have okay. landed number two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing I'm doing unequivocally is I'm going and working the bar, and I'm gonna love that. I have, I always, I have like a fascination with, uh, I, I think I would love to do, uh, work in a bar for a while. Okay. I, um, you know, and, and the, and the idea of working in a bar for five hours is such like a perfect thing to do, okay. right? Cause then I don't have to deal with all of the, you know, frustrations that come with any job when you do it a bunch. I just get to like get thrown in the deep end. You know, I maybe I got some people yelling at me, whatever. I don't even care. But you got to work that machine. You got to yeah, like I'm punch the like, orders in and stuff. Many, or... I'm giving free drinks like crazy. There's no repercussions. <laughs> I'm out of here after five hours. You know, I'm gonna be. They're gonna be like, remember well, that one night that one guy was here it was amazing. Well, your boss, if you don't do a good job, uh, shoots you with a tranquilizer. Uh, you didn't tell me that. <laughs> you didn't tell me that. You told me I got to work the bar for five hours. I, uh, I, <laughs> which is at the bottom of the list out of curiosity. Well, hold on. I just <laughs> okay. Say, so when. <laughs> In law school, uh, I've got I've got these good friends named John and Hill Hardman. They're twins, and uh, I, I like the Waffle House. I actually have kind of ha- had a uh, falling out with the Waffle House. Oh no! Uh, but but for years and years, I liked the Waffle House a lot. And I would go. I used to do this thing called the twenty dollar Waffle House challenge. And I back then, this was I would mostly do it in the years I would say nineteen ninety, uh, probably nineteen ninety eight through. 2010 okay. was my like prime uh, at Waffle House challenge years. 
And what it was is I would tell you, if you can order and eat $20 worth of food off this menu, mm. uh, I'm paying for your meal. And I never once saw somebody do it. What's the most expensive item? Like $8 steak yeah, and eggs or something right, like that? It's, it's so cheap yeah. that it was brutally hard to do because it was basically, yeah, it was like seven ninety nine for steak and eggs, but it came with hash browns and toast. Okay. And then uh, one guy, Chris Termini, ordered a double order hash browns is one of the things that started out. I was like, that's $1.39. You're killing yourself. What are you doing? You've lost it. You've completely lost it. So uh, He's like, hey, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to earn every, every but, nickel. But John and Hill, we would go to the Waffle House, and we would, I, we would usually kind of make somebody else do the $20 challenge. And then every time I would go with those guys, I would look back, and within 30 minutes, one of them's working behind the counter. At the Waffle House, what? they've got the apron on, and they're they're working the grill. And I like, just how like work their way? Yeah, they just said, "Hey, do you mind if I go work the grill with you for an hour?" And it's always at like three in the morning, and they didn't care. And I, I mean, <laughs> just there's something about this scenario that made me think about that. Like I don't know why they were allowed to. I'm sure it was you know, silver tongued Hardman silver, boys. Yeah, are. They are. <laughs> yeah. I will tell you, they 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 got me in. Uh, we were at Oktoberfest one time with them. And uh, in Germany, like Munich, in Germany, in Munich, yeah. And I got uh, uh, it was one of the the least fun five minutes of my life. I was being trampled uh, because it was on Saturday, and at Hofbrau, there's no tickets required to get in on Saturday. And, and Oktoberfest is a madhouse, but if you can get in one of the tents, it's an awesome experience. But so we got there early, but the it was like motion, fluid motion dynamics came into play with the line because it was such a pack of people that people would shove and it would cause like another section of the line to surprisingly bulk okay. forward. So I was I was the most responsible person. I was there like 30 minutes before some other people. But the way the line got screwy, these guys that showed up late got like swung around in front of me and got in. You were a raisin in a, in a, sh- a shaken box of yeah. cereal. It was nuts. And... And I was getting, I mean, actually trampled for a little while where, like, there was pressure on the chest. I mean, it was Ooh. uncomfortable. And I finally get to the to the door. I get to the door, and I am literally the first person that they say, <laughs> no more. <laughs> and so I am standing. Nine. Yeah, nine. You're out. <laughs> and so I'm standing in front of the window, and my friends can see me, and they're, like, you know, shrugging shoulders and everything. And there's, like, seven guys there, I guess. And Shrugging shoulders with a stein in each oh, hand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah like, exactly. They're like, "Oh, tough day for you." Uh, and these are the again. It made me so angry because they. I was like, "Guys, we got to be up at nine, you know, in this line." The and other it, nine. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and and you know, I'm sitting there for like 25 minutes, and I've I've basically lost hope. It's miserable, and I'm like, I'm gonna leave. And then all of a sudden, a guy just walks up, opens the door, and he's like, "You," and I get to go in, and the Hardmans pull it off. Like, I don't know how. Like they don't know anybody Germany, but hey, they, they, figured out, they figured it out. The, the Hartmans said you all oh, das good. <laughs> yeah, I mean those guys. Those guys can get stuff done. Uh, but in any case, um, yeah, with the Trank, I, I I wouldn't want to do any of the others. The singing every third karaoke song is like actually a Torture, version of hell yeah. for me. So that would be last. Um, sitting in the bathroom is probably second to last. Okay. And then the hitting on every guy and girl in the bar, like you could probably find ways to have fun with it, but, uh, it would also be like really awkward. Um, I can't remember whether it was, it was some friend of ours. I don't want to get the name wrong though, if, if it's wrong, but they, they used to have a bit where they would, when they were sitting at the bar, they would pick 
the most obviously like together couple in the place (laughs) and then send a drink to the girl (laughs) just as like a weird instigation thing. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I saw that go poorly. Yeah. So the, I, the most dangerous game is hunting humans. The second most <laughs> dangerous game might be that. Yeah, right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, TJ, for this next one, I got to give a little bit of context. Okay, buddy. So uh, a guy we've talked about several times, Brian Shortall. Shorty. Uh, he, one of his best friends in the world is a guy named Bob Nana. Nana. And they were like inseparable back in the kind of high school, early college days. And they used to do what I can only kind of refer to as buddy projects okay. where it was like projects for them as friends, but they were elaborate things. So one thing they did was they said, we must each see 365 movies this year, Holy including Christ. every major first run movie. And then we're going to rank them all from one to 365. So they did a year long project just together. The two of them They didn't always go to the movies together, but they did a lot. And I can't remember, I always forget, they either ranked, they either both ranked Annie Hall as the best of the 365, mm-hmm. or they both ranked Runaway Bride as the worst <laughs> of the 365, I can never remember which. But so they did that project. Then another project they had was uh, they were going to go to every bar on Western Avenue. So they would Whoa. start and they would, you know, they would do a day and do six bars. It's a long street. Up. Oh my god! I don't. Th- I don't think they could could have reasonably finished. They had a plan to finish it in three years, and then that all kind of fell apart over time. But so, um, so, so anyway, that's what I'm kind of referring to as a buddy. Program. Okay. So here's the situation, TJ. We are going to develop. Uh, it, you decide that you're going to develop a buddy project with one or more of your friends. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're going to construct that together. Uh, so the first thing I want to start with is how many people do you want doing this thing with you? You okay. want it to just be one? You want it to be more than one? Let's have four. Four others or three others? Four total. Four total. Yep. So you're gonna have you're gonna have three people. It's gonna make scheduling more difficult, but it's gonna add to the uh, add to the overall merriment. Um, you're gonna pick a time frame now that you want to make sure you get this overall buddy project done within. What are, what are you looking for for a good length? where you can really kind of accomplish something that's a, a thing that you'll always look back and remember, We hell, we did this thing together, but isn't so long that you, uh, you, you're you likely to get tired of it. I like the year. Okay. I think I like I like being able to, whatever this ends up being, to be referred to like the year of fill in the blank. That seems, that seems pithy and nice. Uh, how frequently are you going to meet to do this thing? So over the course of the year, like how often are you guys going to get together uh, for this for this thing to occur, um, what's it's, the ideal? It's yeah, it, it can't be anything like that. Three sixty five movies. That's that's uh, ideal would be every. Uh, you know what? Ideal would be twice a week. Twice a week. Okay. Yeah, that makes it a little something, little something more. Once a week seems like fine, but a lot of things you do once a week. Twice a week seems like you got to put a little extra, little yeah. extra. Into well, this it. is it's like the hundred club, you could call it, because you're going to meet a hundred times. Yeah. That's great. Because you're probably going to take, you know, a couple weeks off. Yeah. You know, for holidays. But for the most part, you could call it 100 Club. And, Great. You, and you're going to meet 100 times to do something. We'll do it. 100 Club. So what is 100 Club um, focused on? Let's, you know, what's kind of an area? Crafts. Crafts. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to build something together, make something. I think we're going to make many things. Okay. So rather than one large project, yeah. it's going to be. And, and around how many 
uh, kind of things are you going to try to put together based on this time frame that you have? A hundred meetings over there's, twelve months. There's going to be things large and small. So like, here here's where my head's going right now. Okay, that this this hundred club concludes with a like a sort of a showing and party. So it'll be there'll be like some things that are ridiculous. Like we're going to make. We're we're gonna make thirty five drink coasters, um. So like the party's gonna be decked out in the stuff that we made that are kind of inconsequential. You don't have to be careful with them. Yep. But there's gonna be a couple of things that are like up on walls, and the the largest piece will be like a um a, a woodworking thing where we like made the table that all the food and stuff is okay. is out on or something like that. So it's going to end up being probably close to like 200 150 to 200 objects. Right. But some of them will just be like, oh these are laminated pictures of some of the people that we all like like the most and we turn those into coasters or some Got such it. like that or like a lampshade that was some Something that somebody drew on, you know, on uh, um, semi-transparent paper and stuff like that. So, so the, so the end goal of Hundred Club is basically a party, yeah, where everything that people, where everything within the room for the party is stuff that you've created, and then everybody gets to come and enjoy it. Yeah, and and maybe not everything, like, but in the run of the music playing, there'll be a song that we had to make. Oh, cool. You know, or, um, and maybe one of the craft things is just like a food that we didn't know, like this kind of, this appetizer existed. We just decided to invent an appetizer and figure out a way to cook it and stuff like that. So if not entirely, it will be kind of sprinkled around. And then some pieces that, you know, were like just a painting or whatever will be up on the wall and and stuff like that. But there might be other, you know, other paintings and stuff up on the wall. And all like for this goal of like, Hey, this is not just so that people are like, "Oh my God, you did all this stuff." It's going to be a kick-ass party, right? You know, like hundred club. So, yeah. So awesome. if if no one knew all the stuff that we had done, it yep. would still be a kick-ass party. Okay. So obviously, I didn't have these questions prepared in advance, but given where we've gone, I want to ask. I I think I I think I get the concept right, which is yep. it's not simply oh we're doing like a bunch of woodwork for creating all the furniture here. It's we're creating almost all aspects of this party in ways yep. where we are going to learn to do things we didn't previously know how to do and take some chances. Whether that's creating music, making some food that we didn't previously know how to make, maybe brewing our own cider, yeah, maybe great, you know, yeah. whatever it might be. So every two weeks, someone be like, hey, it's paper, it's paper week. Right. Let's figure out all this stuff we can do with paper. You know? So. Are you going to use of the hundred club or how much of the, how many sessions at the beginning are you going to use to kind of lay out the framework and kind of plan? Or are you just going to say, we're going to dive right in and kind of see what happens? It's going to be 20 minutes first meeting. Like here's, here's the idea. Um, Hopefully everyone will be like, hell yeah. And here's, you know, just to get us started here's a bunch of felt and glue and, and scissors today. We'll, we'll leave here tonight at the end of every meeting. We're going to have something or have made big progress on something so that there's always recognizable results. Now, do you think you're going to do this like you and Beth with another couple? You think you're going to do this with three other friends? Like what's the most likely setup that you're going to use to do this, you know, hundred club. My guess is this is something that I would love to like unleash on Beth when it's completed. Okay. So, um, I think having one other friend, like my friend, our friend, Peter Collins, wife, Stuart is 
already like a craftsperson okay. and a painter. And so having someone who might be decent at this stuff right. in there might be might be good. Otherwise, I'd like someone who's just someone like Shorty, who's like may not be good at any of these things, but is just a game bird. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah, right. one of those, like you said, the having a friend who just like enjoy saying yes right they're so just like i'm like, in yeah i'm in i having, don't know quite what it is yep. but let's do it having There's two other people like that would be end. great how many people you invite into the 100 club i hope it's 100 yeah oh that'd be perfect and yeah. are you going to give each person like one uh one thing to take away and uh, i think each member of the club can earmark one item that is like off limits otherwise anything else that's in there can go home with someone can go home with someone else ideally we'll be left with nothing but our earmarked item oh cool so maybe so maybe you do you you it's a hundred club you make a hundred things you invite ninety six people because it's still the hundred club mm-hmm. so you have a hundred people at the party and then each person leaves with one of those things but you get you get the earmark. I also choice. think though if we have like two hundred things and like and coasters like you you're welcome to take five coasters. Got it. You know what I mean because those are like kind of knockoff and those were really easy we made. Right. We made. You could also say the coasters are one thing. Yeah. There's yeah. six of them. True. But it's one thing and that way on each of your yeah this sounds like an awesome idea by the way yeah yeah well I, so the the catch is it, now you now gotta you do it must not <laughs> you have to do it if we get if we get five thousand uh five star ratings okay you are required to do 100 club and you know you, you can figure out whoever you're gonna get to 4800 i'll do it if we have 4800 4800 five yep. star ratings you're on the record yeah that's a promise with no consideration, so None. it's not enforceable. But nonetheless, uh, it would be it would be great to see you do that, and I would enjoy being uh, showing up at the party. At the okay, great, club. you're absolutely invited. Be in uh, Pittsburgh, probably. Well, I got, I got one more for you, Rush. Okay. Um, and here's just a tiny bit of background. Um, as far as I know, all nuns belong to an order. There's the Benedictine order, and and uh, and I was taught by nuns from the Sisters of Saint Joseph, which is what made me think of of this uh, of this scenario. Patron uh, Saint Joseph, the patron saint of carpenters, workers, cabinet makers, so forth. Okay. So um, that's what put me in mind of this. So here's the situation: you are summoned to the Vatican. Upon arriving, you are taken to the Department of Canonization, which initially you're so excited about because you think you're going to get to fire the uh, the Vatican's cannons off, uh-huh. and they say no. Actually, we handle uh, saints. We mm-hmm. have we that's 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 our business here. Yeah. And they say, Rush, we got a job for you now. If you don't mind working on your visit, we have a bunch of saints who haven't been assigned what they are patrons of. Okay. So we're going to give you the name of the saint, and then I would like you to assign their patronage. Okay. Cool. So they say the first one is uh, St. Chuck. Okay. Uh, so give me, I, I apologize, but give me mm-hmm. like, I, I did know that it wouldn't be shooting cannons, but give me like two or three uh, saints just to remind me you of bet. some of the things that they are patron saints. St. Anthony. There's like saints of luck and things like that. St. Like, Anthony's the patron saint of lost things. If okay. you lose something, they say pray to St. Anthony. Yeah. St. Christopher is the patron saint of travelers more often than not. Yeah. Um, St. Jude is uh, lost, case, uh, hopeless cases and, and helpless causes. Okay. Um, and then and then some are occupational, um, which uh, St. Genesis is the patron saint of actors Got it. Um, who converted and was killed within about eight minutes on stage. Oh, no. Yeah. I, I think I have Yikes. that right. Okay. Uh, so, uh, all right. So St. Chuck, I'm going to say yeah. St. Chuck is the patron saint, patron saint of hardline negotiations. Okay. Well, wonderful. Right. 
Like this guy never gave an inch. Doesn't budge. Yeah, like Chuck when, the budgeless. When you're in there and you're fighting and you're like, but forget win-win. I want it. I want. Yeah, that's Saint Chuck. Perfect. Uh, Saint Laurie with an I. Uh, Saint Laurie, I'm gonna have be uh, uh, the patron. Uh, sorry, the pa- I can't. Why can't I say? <laughs> I, I, I get it wrong every time. Um, but I'm gonna have uh, Saint Laurie be. The patron saint of uh, alone walking. Oh, nice! Very yeah. nice. Can, I'm gonna I'm gonna change it to contemplative walking. Okay, beautiful. And then some of these saints came in more recently, so um, so we have names that hadn't been in sanctum okay. before, like Saint Tyler. Saint Tyler is the uh, patron saint of uh, boy bands. Okay, yeah, per- yeah. yeah. See, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. A couple of these saints came <laughs> were born yeah. in the '80s, okay, '90s. Yeah. Uh, uh, we have Saint Ashley. Uh, okay, Saint Ashley. Uh, I'm gonna have uh, be uh, the patron saint of equestrian after my my uh, my uh, beloved departed aunt okay. Ashley, who <laughs> was uh, I always think about uh, riding horses. Um, so this one, there's already one of these guys in, so we had to add his like nickname on. Okay. So it's Saint Roger Dodger. Oh my God, Saint Roger Dodger is the uh, is the saint of uh, underprepared presentations. Okay, wonderful. Oh. Yes. Either you need that guy. Oh to boy, step when, in. when when you, you do, you don't quite, you haven't quite done the homework. When one of his miracles was that uh, a, a PowerPoint presentation that didn't exist yeah. <laughs> instantly, instantly formed and showed itself on a screen in yeah. the middle of a, a regional presentation. <laughs> right. More it usually goes with more small miracles where you're like, all right, uh, you have your. Per- uh, I'm sorry, but the the projector doesn't work, so you can't do the PowerPoint when oh, you had a half ass PowerPoint. Saint Roger Dodger, thank please. you, Saint, Saint Roger, Roger Dodger. You <laughs> came through, uh, and this is the the last one. And we're not quite sure how to package this one because it's Saint Jesus, but it's printed Saint Jesus. Okay, so it's it's a it's a tricky one on paper. Sure, know? he's the pa- patron saint <laughs> of dangerous homonyms. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> all right, I. Uh, Okay, here we go. Uh, so we're back to the top, right? All right, yes. Uh, oh, right. So uh, here's the situation. Yes. You were made the administrator of all professional credentials. So, for instance, uh, a lawyer like me has to go to law school and then has to take a, a special test to be able to practice law called the bar exam, and the bar ties it to bars and nuns. Uh, give me another profession that you, you once you're hired, say, you know, you didn't previously have a test. You didn't previously have to go to a special school, but I'm now going to make you do one or both of those two things. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of, I should have been noodling on this a little bit, but it's tough to think about hard, that one when we're in the when middle. We're in the middle. Yeah. And it's an occupation. So it's not like, Hey, a parent or, or, you know, or, or whatever. Um, dog sitting. There might be that might be one that I'd like you to have to like go through because we had a we had a, a shitty one for Josie one Ooh, time. You had and, a, yeah, you had a, a bad Ugh. situation. Yeah, guy was guy was awful, and we could tell immediately when we came when we came home that Josephine had not been not been looked after. Um, Waitstaff, although do, do they have to go through a? There's a test probably at the end of their training, right? Yeah, but I would say I don't know that I would say like. Maybe that would count. I think if you're talking, you know about- what might be apropos of this episode is uh, is a barkeep. Okay, that yeah. that is like, all right, man. Here's here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do part of your test is oral. 
have a conversation with me. You know, right. like have have a a, a consequence of a, a conversation of no consequence with me. Have me f- leave this conversation feeling like you didn't think I was a jerk. Yeah, you know, you, like, you could also do a two parter. You know, like a lot of these tests are, um, like the the bar exam. This is not a great example, but the bar exam is like a multiple choice test about a bunch of situation. You know, where you gotta you gotta pick the best answer, but it's they're designed to where it's usually not like totally simple to say. Yeah. And then, uh, but then there's also an essay section where you get hypotheticals and you have to like, you know, a hypothetical legal situation. You have to, uh, issue spot and talk about, you know, what, what, uh, what legal issues are implicated and so forth. Well, this would be like, this, this bar exam would be like, Hey, make me a non-salted rimmed, you know, margarita while you're telling me what the bears have to do to improve, you know, it's like, do they, uh, how are they going to fix this quarterback situation? Yeah. Cause I've always been fascinated by the people that try to become a grand sommelier. I mean, generally I think (laughs) that most people that talk about alcohol are just full of it. Like, I think most people that are like, like, like I used to say things like, I prefer Tanqueray gin. <laughs> and then you line up five gins, I got no <laughs> no chance to tell you, right? <laughs> However, there is this like brutal test to become a grand sommelier where and that's probably not the right word, but master sommelier, I think or something. I, it may be the no, master sommelier grand. or whatever it is, but it's there's only like so many in the world. I watched the documentary go on that. Like, yeah. tests. You have to give region, year, yeah. vintage, so just by smell and taste, right? Like, you yeah. Have to say, and, like, and they, yeah. and I've met a few people that have gotten like relatively deep into it, you know, maybe made it through the sixth or the eighth or whatever. And, and, and some of them have had to try like certain ones four times. And, you know, cause they also say it's hard cause you get a little drunk because even though you're, you're not, you know, you're spitting it out and everything, you're still you're rolling it around and rolling around and, that makes it more difficult too, but yeah, it's like you walk in there and you're just like, you got to have a year and a, the exact area of yeah, Italy. This is from and, Al, the Alsace Saint Laurent region, right. and then and, you also have to do things like list some of the components that you're tasting and see all that stuff. Yeah. It, it seems very this is hard. From the Rhineland upper or lower, right? Yeah, and so those people are the real deal, <laughs> you know. And so I do like that they have that like really tough test, and so I do think it would be nice for. Uh, you know, a bartender to have to be able to, um, you know, prove that they can make a bunch of drinks, prove that they have good ideas about what to do. But then also I like, then you have the second one, which is the practical application. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it really like the oral, the oral practical, if it happens simultaneously, yeah. then, then like, then you see who's got, who's got, who's got what yeah. there. Also, I'm a huge fan of baked goods, and some of some of what people are passing off is what they call <laughs> they call cookies. Ain't ain't cookies. Yeah, man, well, you like... just need a more standardized cookie test <laughs> for that. My my answer on this one was uh, sports media personality. Okay, I think there should be some sort of uh, uh, barrier. Uh, we have a friend, Mike Hall. He does a great job. Yeah, but I think uh, there are a ton that don't. And I I just you know it seems to me that it's like the the main attributes are like. Were you a former athlete? That shouldn't be enough to get anybody anywhere. Or, like, are you super opinionated and loud? And that's horrible. All right, so we should hand out some thanks. Yes, absolutely. Nate DeFord, who does our uh, producing. Julie Nichols, who did our music. Emily Cardamus, who did our artwork. You can find us at Here's the Situation Podcast at gmail.com. Anything I'm forgetting? Yeah, just get those five-star ratings so TJ has to do the 100 Club. (laughs) Now we're only 4,700 or so off. Yeah, we're not going to get there, but... (laughs) Be, it'd be uh, great if we do. 